Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to the Week in Review podcast. It is a beautiful Sunday today. Just got a little rain, actually, so maybe not that beautiful, but you know what I mean. It's a Sunday. <sighs> I hope you got all that shit done that you wanted to do. You already know what I'm going to say. How was your day? What did you do? Did you spend it wisely? Today I went to um, I went to a garden for the first time in a long time, man, uh, with my mom. We we were getting lunch. We were eating at Griff's, and I asked if she wanted to go to the thrift store because I need some jeans for work. And she said um, she had some errands to run, so I went with her first, and we went to the garden. Got in there and found a um, it was like a community garden, so we found like a plot that wasn't already claimed, and planted some green and red bell peppers. It was really fun, man. Like digging in the dirt's good for you. It's um, recreational is not the word that I wanted to to use. It'll come to me. It's been a while since I've been out in the garden. I used to do that in high school, actually. I was part of the um, leadership council for our garden club, which I'm the reason that it was named Garden Club, actually. It started out as a geography club. Yeah, I remember um, my freshman year, I was in Mr. Martin's class, and he was hyping it up. With the, the garden wasn't even a, a thing at this point. It was just a concept and, a, and an empty lot. And he was hyping it up, talking about, yeah, we're going to grow foods from all around the world and talk about this and this and learn this. And I was just sitting there thinking, that sounds boring as fuck. I do not want to do that. It was after school, too. I don't want to stay here any later. <sighs> but then fucking Mesley, who was sitting right next to me, fucking raised her hand to do it. And so... I saw that and I was like, oh shit, I got to go too. Because I had a fucking big ass crush on her back then. Um, If you don't know who that is, there's actually a deluxe edition out where I had a conversation with her. You should check that out. It was a good episode. But yeah, of course it took a woman to get me out there. But um, once I got out there, it was really fun, man. I should have a more open mind than that. But it was it's it's awesome because, all right, this is going to sound a little vain, but I was the one that everybody went to for um, for like ideas and stuff for leadership. That's how I ended up on the council my my junior and senior year. Uh, for example, like there was one day uh, mulch day, they had this big ass uh, this truck come in and just dump a huge fucking pile of mulch right in front of the garden. Not in the garden, they couldn't make it that far back, I guess, but they had to dump it right in front of the garden. So we had a day where everybody came in with shovels and buckets. And it's this big-ass mound, and so uh, some of the kids had, like, set their buckets down, and they were, like, digging out of this mound, like, like using a shovel like you're digging in the ground, digging out of this mound of loose dirt and putting it in the shovel. That's not the smartest way to do that, man. That, that takes so much longer. So uh, Mr. Martin saw what I was doing. He said, everybody, look at Sean. Look at what he's doing. What I was doing, I was putting one bucket at the bottom of the uh, mound of dirt because it was pretty big. I was putting a bucket at the bottom and then using the shovel to just, like, scoop all the dirt into it instead of sticking my shovel in there, lifting it up, and then transferring it into the bucket. I made it one smooth, easy process. And then eventually we had it to where uh, either me or someone else hopped up on top and just kept loading it into everybody else's buckets. They'd, they'd bring it, set it at the bottom, and the dude would already be ready to juke put some dirt in there, just push it down, and then they take it, and like a conveyor belt, like a, like an assembly line, got that shit streamlined, so that's, that's, a, that's what I did to earn my time on the leadership council, and we did a lot with that garden in that small amount of time, man, let me tell you, like I said, it started out as a lot, 
I remember putting the fence there. I remember making the boxes that we used, putting all the dirt and shit in there. But when we first put the fence up, we actually put it up um, backwards at first, which I don't remember why it mattered, but it did at the time. So we had to all pick it up, all like 50 of us, and walk in a huge-ass circle to spin it around. That was our first big um, obstacle with the garden. But it was it was really fun, man, and it felt good to like dedicate myself to some shit. And at the time, I was thinking, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, I could come back, and this garden will still be here. I show my kids or whatever, hey, I put this here. This is my mark that I left on Mesquite. But sadly, I've heard that, that shit has just gone to waste. I don't know what the deal is. I don't, I'm not there anymore. It's not my issue to worry about. But I, I got my memories uh, while I could, you know. I had enough fun. <sighs> but uh, I went with mom today, and that was pretty fun. It was just us two up there. We were talking and digging. Then once we got all that planted, we went to the thrift store, and I actually found a pair of jeans that was uh, the right size, 30-30. I haven't tried them on yet. I need to wash them, and that's what I'm also kind of upset about. They didn't have a fitting room or anything. So there's a, a completely uh, real chance that I just bought these jeans for no reason, and they're not even going to fit me. So that sucks. That's that's one of the things that puts me off from wearing jeans, or I'm sorry, buying new pairs of jeans. Can't even try them on, but man, the ones I have for wearing at work are just falling apart. I have to wear another pair of pants or shorts under them every day just so I'm not showing off my thighs at work. One of the, I think it was Colin, he was like, man, why do you, why do you wear two pairs of pants every day? Because I was complaining about it being hot or something. I said, because I'm not getting paid enough to be showing these creamy thighs up around here. Y'all got to start tipping, making it rain in front of me or some shit. That's uh, off limits. That's behind a paywall if you want to access that. <sighs> but um, after that, got home, took a shower, and then uh, we just went to Korean barbecue. Me, Kevin, and Michael. It was really good. Uh, it, it always is really good. It's just expensive, man. But it is what it is. We don't go there that often, so not a huge deal. We went to um, Kino Kunia first. Because we had to get put on the wait list. And I got this little um, Naruto figure. It was a blind bag, so you don't know what you're going to get. And the last time I got one of those, I opened it right after I bought it from the register. And just based on my reaction, I went, motherfucker. Just based on my reaction, Kevin and Michael said they already knew that I'd gotten Sakura. Which is the last person that I would have wanted to got out of that blind bag. I would much rather got Itachi or Naruto or even Gara, but Sakura, bro. So I bought, I, I got this, or I was going to get that. And the whole time I was thinking, please don't give me Sakura. Because that was one of the options. One of the like five options on there was Sakura. I was like, please don't give me Sakura. I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. And I'm not going to lie. It would have been funny if I did, but nope. Thankfully, I got a little Naruto figure this time. He's got a... Um, uh, Gamatatsu mask on his head and he's wearing like old feudal Japanese clothes like he's wearing a robe and he's holding up a fan with the leaf village symbol it's pretty cool but honestly I thought it was going to be bigger for how much it was but I'm not tripping it came with a little stand that's kind of nice it, it um it's floating and then I also got a magnet I always get a magnet every time I go but at this point I've gotten three different Naruto magnets four Jojo ones um I think that's Junji Ito, it's the dude with all the horror shows. I've got one of those. I got one that's a Spider-Man one. That was for half-price books. And then I just got a Hisoka magnet just now from uh, Hunter Hunter. Glad to add another series to my collection. 
And then, yeah, the Korean barbecue was good. No, nothing to talk about too much there. And that was my Sunday. Pretty good Sunday. It's not over yet. I still got to do the podcast. Uh, that, that's going on currently. But after that, I'm good to go. I'm going to chill and go to sleep and relax because I'm fucking tired of work, man. My feet been hurting. <laughs> it is what it is, though. My feet were also hurting last night when I got home from uh, the Ritz concert that me and Dad went to. I know I talked about that a little bit, left you on suspense as to whether we were going or not. I didn't think we were. I thought they were. Uh, my parents were going out of town this past Wednesday, but apparently it's next Wednesday. So we were able to go, thankfully, and it was pretty fun, man. We smoked a joint when we got there in the parking lot, and then we walked in. And I'll be honest, it wasn't a lot of people there at first. It slowly started to fill in, but... Uh, they didn't even they didn't open up the upstairs section, so I don't think that many people got there. the The first opener was decent, and like all the openers weren't bad. But I think I'm just jaded at this point with concerts. At the ripe old age of 19, man, I'm sick of standing through openers for more than I think. I think two hours is appropriate for openers, but I was I was thinking about it as I was standing there listening to the, listening to the dude make the same fucking rhymes and raps over again, talking about how he has money, how he has more bitches, same shit that everybody makes music about, right? And then in between his songs, he's bragging about how he's real hip hop. He's this different shit that that shit that they don't want to make, the shit they don't want to play on the radio. Well, motherfucker, it's <laughs> they don't want to play you on the radio because your shit's real hip hop. They don't want to play your shit because it's fucking shit, but hey, I can't hate. They're on stage and I'm not, right? Got to remember that, but nah, while I was standing there, I I was thinking to myself, man, if this was comedy, bro, there's no way they would treat the openers like this. I mean, a fucking open mic set is like 10, 15 minutes max, but here they've got openers that we've never heard of, never seen, and they've got 30-minute, 45-minute sets. That's just not... That's not set up for efficiency. No, no, uh, an open micer would get booed off after that long if they were bad. If they're good, by all means, like keep them up there. But I kind of, I'm starting to think that maybe they should start to arrange openers kind of like open mics. Cause I mean, if it's someone affiliated with them that they're heavily, like they know the crowd is going to fuck with, everybody's going to know some of their songs, that's fine, man. I got no complaints there. But when it's some dude, they like, they just looked up musical acts in around deep Ellum and pick them it's like man we don't want to stand here through that shit and and if i was the artist like if it was my concert i would almost feel like that's fucking up the experience for him because at all the concerts i've been to it it has been fucking dreadful until the main con uh main person comes out for the most part uh if the openers suck at least because you're standing there listening to shit you don't really want to listen to, and you're fucking standing there. Like, I would have sat down if the upstairs was open, but it wasn't. So my fucking legs were hurting. You, you got to do that little dance. So you're moving, but you're not really moving. You're just sit, standing in place. And the longer you're standing there, the, the harder it is to do that little dance where you shift your legs because your feet start, your shoes start to stick to the floor. <laughs> there, There's a whole plethora of things going on. Also, oh my goodness. You can go ahead and call me fat phobic but man there were so many fat bitches bumping into me i I kept scooting over and it did not matter because they found their way it it was like i was a beach and they were fucking whales because they just kept kept bumping into me and bumping into me even when they when they had a dude with them like one time this this girl just bumped into me i scooted over like i should 
And the dude that she was with went to put his hand on her rump and like tap me in my elbow. I think at that point you should know, oh, let me let me grab on and scoot her over. Like fuck off, man. And, and the, the worst part about that is I was compl- I was talking about that dude to dad earlier. I was complimenting him because I saw him by himself and he had like a you know Alpha Alpha he had like a mohawk with like kind of alf alpha hair. It was real thin. He was like an old white dude. It was cool. I was complimenting. I was talking about dad. I'm like, man, that dude's fucking awesome. I'd hate to run into him. And then 20 minutes later, he's he's my arch enemy. It's funny how that works out. And um, the, the first thing we did when we got there, though, was we went to the back to uh, get merch. And you know me. I walked up to the merch table like, hey, how's it going? How's your night? And he, he took like a pause before he responded. And then it was kind of a pointed, good, how, how, how are you doing? And I said, good. He's like, yeah, just trying to sell the last of this shitty merch. And I, I looked at it, and it's just a plain black T-shirt with a, a orange square with a circle in the middle cut out. And the whole reason I'd gone up to the stand was to ask what the fuck it was, because I saw it too. He said something about it's an international distress signal, and it's, it was released with an album that was too new for me to listen to. Um, I don't know. Either way, the dude was pissed off, and I didn't want that shitty shirt. So, But it was funny. They kept shouting him out during the show. They're like, and y'all go see my man Murph on merch. It's uh, actually his birthday today, so everybody give him a quick shout-out. Ah. I'd, I'd hate to be working on my birthday. That sucked. Um, but yeah, the crowd was mostly just old white parents, which I kind of figured, you know, all of them dancing to no particular rhythm, shoes squeaking and all that shit. The second opener was, um, I, never mind. It's not even worth talking about. It's just this old white girl with, um, her tits out. Uh, she had two posters on stage that had QR codes on them. And I, when I noticed the lights were still kind of low, I said to dad, there's going to be a point in the show where she turns the lights on and she's like, okay, guys, so if you all scan this QR code and go here, and sure enough, the first five minutes she was out there, she did. But what I didn't notice was, um, so the lights were low and the poster was, she, she was on the poster with just her arms crossed. So like, okay, she's showing some attitude. But when she brought up the lights to talk about the QR code, it, it revealed the posters and, and it showed that she was fucking completely naked on the posters. Her arms were covering her tits. <laughs> Which isn't a huge deal on its own. But if if I've been I was standing there for ten minutes thinking it's just a normal ass poster, like she's wearing clothes and shit with her arms crossed, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, she's fucking not. Uh her music wasn't that great but her, but the, she had a hype man out there it was this um is this dude this big black dude in like a red mask and he was dancing around and i had more fun watching him than i did watching her and all i could think of was man that mask has got to have some fucking sweat in it like i know his upper lips are moist when he takes that bitch off i said that to dad and he was like yeah i hope he doesn't wear the same one every night <laughs> i didn't even think about that uh but Whoa, man, one of the biggest issues is finding out what to do with your hands when you're standing there, man. Like, I, I wish that I was old enough to drink, not so I could get drunk, but just so I have something to hold. Like, I was so jealous of the people around me with bottles and cups. They don't got to think about it. They just, boom, they're holding shit. Me, I'm like, hands in my pockets, hands touching together, twiddling fingers, just cycling through those three the whole time. Which, if I'm thinking about that, that's how you know the openers are shit. (laughs) I'm thinking about how I'm holding my hands. 
But um, nah, when Ritz came out, the concert was fucking great. Like that was obviously what we'd all been waiting for. But he was he seemed pretty down to earth, and he was a pretty funny dude too. He was making us laugh in between all of his songs and everything. And he played um, he played the song that I really wanted to hear, which it was um, "Sleep at Night." He has a Yellow Wolf on that one, but I know all the words of that song, man. And I was singing them. It was fucking awesome. Um, I make that song of the week too, cause it's I really like that song. It's got a nice beat and uh, Ritz raps really nice on it. He he he's kind of known for rapping fast. That's Ritz's thing. Let me see. Sleep at night. Here we go. I don't know what he said right there. I saw him in concert. I still don't know what that's like his tag. I don't know what he's saying. But anyway. My girlfriend, always number one on my side. But lady, all we ever do is argue and fight. She said she can't imagine her becoming a wife. Every getting the rappers no longer, but she wants in her life. I told her, I will go and get my GED. Even got a nine to five, flipping burgers and fries. Trying to show her I'm dedicated and never want to separate from her. Cause all I want is being her to survive. We ain't even making love anymore. And I'm sure it's a fade, but she just lays there and reads in bed. And my feet are tired from work. Instead of dragging the blur, I would rather go and smoke some weed instead. Been a month now, ever since the day she left. Look at the bedroom dresser, it's all the note. Said she loved me, but she needed to break. I guess I'll leave it to fate when I'm bringing the day. No, she wrote, I wonder how. How can you go to sleep at night? If I'm not the one sleeping with you. Bitch, didn't I treat you right? But yeah, that's that song. Song of the week right there. I, man, I was so happy when he played that shit. That's like, you go to a concert to see someone, you normally have a song in mind that you want to hear. That was mine, so that was awesome. Great, great concert. Um, all right, I'm not going to lie. I'm high. That, that's a bad way to start this. Whatever. Um, so I just remembered something that I really wanted to talk about on the podcast. So thank you, Marijuana. You've done me yet another favor in my life. Um, but anyway, the funniest thing that happened this week, okay, I was outside playing drums. I, it, is, it had been a while since I got back on it, so I hopped out there, and I was playing drums, and I learned during the session that my snare drum was a little too close to where I was sitting because I went to play a fill. I went to do a run down the toms. And then I came back to hit the snare, and I, I hit myself in my nutsack with the back of my stick. That shit did not feel great, let me tell you. I It, it put an end to my session. <laughs> um, but the thing, well, the funny part about that is I recorded it. So I have a video, and every anytime I watch that video back... And I I see I see the moment where I make impact. I still feel the same pain. I still feel that you know. And I've showed it to a few people, and I gotta look away at this point because I'll just you know, just that that um, sympathetic pain. I don't know. But after that, I, I you know I hit myself in the balls pretty fucking. I don't know how hard, but it felt pretty hard. It hurt. So I was I was kind of worried, you know. I reached down and felt around for a second. Reached down and felt around for a second. And then that wasn't enough, so. Psst. What are you doing? Dave's literally climbing up the wall to my parents' bedroom. What What's the point, man? Knocking some shit over. I reached down and felt around. And that wasn't an adequate enough job of um, 
you know, finding out if something had happened or not. So I stood up and I walked over to the corner. I grabbed my phone and and stopped the recording because I had been recording it. And then I went over the corner where the uh, best light was, which is by my dad's truck in the freezer. And I opened my shorts up like I pulled pulled enough so I could see down. And then I, I reached down and I kept everything in my pants. OK, I kept everything contained, but I started to inspect and make sure that I hadn't busted a ball. That that was really what I was worried about. Made, made sure things were still kind of symmetrical. And then um, I had my earbuds in still because I had, was listening to music I was playing along to. And while I'm doing this, I look up. And I see my mother hurriedly, hurried, running fast back into the house. And so I, I put my earbuds down. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Mom, I hit myself in the balls. I wasn't just feeling myself up in the garage. And I, I still don't really know if she was kind of playing it up or overreacting or if she was for real. She saw something. But she was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I wish I could yell, but they're it's late and they're trying to go to bed. But that was um, pretty fucking funny and traumatizing. It made I forgot about the pain right away. Let me tell you, as soon as I saw her, I looked up. I forgot about that fucking ball pain. Um, I still don't know if she saw anything. I don't want to know, Mom. If you hear this, don't let me know, okay? But that was pretty fucking funny. I got I got the video. I showed Dad. He laughed about the whole thing. He didn't know the context. He, he, Mom started to say whatever happened, and he, he looked at her face, and he said, I don't want to know. <laughs> but, then, but then I showed him, and he just couldn't do anything but laugh. But, man, I was worried, bro. But, yeah, that's the. Uh, I feel like that's the funniest thing that happened to me this week. So I couldn't leave that out of the podcast. Uh, thank you, Mary Jane, um, for blessing us with that story. All right. Y'all take it easy. I don't know where I'm going to shove this in at, but it's going in somewhere. (sighs) This week at the gym, uh, guys, don't don't be a cunt. Just rack your weights, all right? We've we've already heard that story of when I almost killed somebody because they left like three 45s on each side and, and, and I made the thing fall because I had to take it off. Just rack your weights, man. Like... I was there for leg day, okay, and and I got up there, I got to the point where I could see the leg stations, and there was one open, dude. Can you imagine my surprise and my happiness? That is a very rare event, getting up there and there's a leg station open. So I pull up to one, uh, the uh, squat thing isn't there though, so, uh, but the dude next to me has it. He's not doing squats, he's doing deadlifts, so... Uh, I tap on it, and then I point to it, and I'm like, can I have it? You know, kind of motioning, because he's got earbuds in. And he doesn't say anything. He just points to he, he points to himself, which I didn't catch at first. So I start to get it, and then I I pause. I'm like, wait, can I have it? I motion again, and he points to himself again. Doesn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, that means that he wants it. So I go do my own thing. This dude starts doing squats later. So I start with deadlifts first, which I don't prefer because deadlifts I can just drop that shit if it's too much, right? Or or just not lift it or whatever. But with squats. Once that shit's on your back, man, that shit's on your back. You either got to, like, fall backwards and drop it on that bar below you or you got to get it back up where you got it from. But either way, there's a bigger level of commitment with squats. So I like to get those out of the way first. So by the time my ass is already kicked, I'm doing the deadlifts, the shit that I'm not very committed to um, once I started it. But I did deadlifts first, whatever, burn myself out. It is what it is. And then this dude who who I had just asked, I just asked to use the squats, right? 
proper courtesy, the nice thing to do. When you finish your set, go ahead and take your weights off and be like, hey, here you go. You, you wanted to use these. Here you go. That, that's a normal thing that happened. That, that happens all the time at the gym. I do that. Everybody does that. This dude just fucking finishes his set, leaves his weights on the, on the bar, leaves the bar on the squat thing, and just fucks off and, and starts walking the other way. That shit pissed me off, man. Uh, like, I, I was not doing a set. I was waiting because I was fucking kicking my ass. I was in between sets when he walked off. So, like, it's right behind him, basically, as he walked off. I walked and started unracking his weights, and I said out loud. My earbuds were in, so I don't know how loud I said it, but I said, what a fucking loser. Like I said, <laughs> I said that shit pretty loud, took the shit off, and got the got the squats and went on with my day. But that's the easiest way to become a cunt, dude. Just, just rack your fucking weights, you lazy fucking piece of shit. If you lifted it on there, you can take it off, man. Ugh. Yes. Ugh. See? Such a fucking disgusting thing, bro. The gym, I feel like... We're all here to better ourselves, bro. Why can't there just be like a, a layer of unspoken um, courtesy? Is that the word? Manners? Courtesy? One of the two, man. We're all here for a positive thing. Why can't we just all make it a positive experience for each other? I put my shit up, man. You can put your shit up, too. All right, I'm done. Okay? I'm done. <sighs> One night this night, I got pretty scared. I came home from Shay's late at night. And I saw Lucy on top of the couch, um, kind of looking in the mirror that's hung above the couch. So she was on top of it with her paws on the mirror, looking into it, which I thought that that's cute. That's cool. You know, I, I've never caught that before. I'm glad I got to witness this rare occurrence. And then I, I went to the bathroom to brush my teeth, and I could have sworn that I heard some glass shattering. So I run out, look in the living room, expecting that Lucy just fucked up the mirror. And uh, I'm sorry, I gotta use the restroom. I am wiggling like a motherfucker. All right, potty breaks over. Left y'all at that cliffhanger. Uh, I, I ran out to see if the mirror had cracked, and it was still on the wall, so I was confused. And then I turn around to towards Ava's room, and she's like getting up and shaking this box around. I'm like, what was that? She said, it's my crickets. <laughs> the shit she feeds her turtle. The shit fucking. I don't know how to make a cricket noise. I'm sorry. I, all night, bro. Chirping, chirping. And I told her, just put them in the garage, man. What are you doing? Why are you trying to sleep with that? And then the next night, she walks out of her room after she went to bed and knocks on my parents' door. They talk about something. She goes back into her room. Next thing I know, she's carrying the crickets into the garage. Hmm, what a great idea. If only someone had, you know, maybe told you that, but. Whatever. That shit scared me, though. I thought Lucy had fucked up the mirror. <sighs> I've been trying to get sun this week, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've been a pasty white boy my whole life, and um, I like to put a change to that, put put a stop to that. So I uh, figured the easiest way for me to get sun, I mean, I'm not just going to sit out there and do nothing, but what's what's the one thing that I do every day when I get home from work? Smoke a bowl. So... I found a spot where that uh, still gets sun at 5 o'clock when I get home, and I've been bringing my bong out that, there every day and chilling. I smoke one bowl facing one way, and then I spin around and smoke a bowl facing the other. That's how I make sure I get even exposure. <laughs> but the, this, this is like my favorite thing that I've realized that I can kind of do with my life is these little things like in your routine. It, it's almost like a... It's like a clash of clans or one of those games where you got to have a 
something building or a, a clock, a timer running the whole time, basically. So you try to be as efficient as possible, get the most stuff set up before you go to sleep, right? This this it might be a horrible metaphor, but it makes sense to me. So um, you get the most shit set up at once. That way it's, it's going off. So like with my life, I've been working out. So that's what I've got going on in the background while, you know, life is passing. So eventually I'll I'll see the results and I'll be bigger and shit. So this is another thing I've started to add, like trying to get sun. If I go outside for like an hour every day and just make that part of my routine and it just becomes nothing, becomes a habit, in a month or two I'm going to look up and be a little more tan. So that's one of my that's something that I've really liked just um like planting seeds. It was from it was from a YouTube video I talked a while ago. I talked about a while ago, but if you start something with the intention with the goal of um something bigger down the road, you just start it just to start it and you keep going, it's going to grow. It's going to get bigger. You're going to get better at whatever you're doing. Even if you start fucking you want to draw Pikachu, you just draw a shitty Pikachu every day and eventually it's going to get better. Uh, I, I hope I I hope I put that into words well because in my mind that mobile game um comparison works perfectly just you know like if i know i'm not if if i know i'm not doing it or i'm about to put my phone up for the night i'm gonna set all my eight hour shit all my 12 hour shit to start building so i'm getting the most usage out of it just like i know i'm gonna be kind of doing the same thing going to work every day you know same schedule for this section of my life for these next couple months so i'm gonna start doing the most stuff that i can to fit in there to um, be as efficient and make the most out of this time just something that I've picked up in my 19 years. It's all a process, though. Uh, I was uh, one day on my home. I was home for lunch. I had just gotten home. I'd maybe been home five minutes. The garage door was still open, and there was a knock on the door. And I went and opened it, and there's this uh, dirty-looking white dude outside, had, like oil on his face, smudges. He had tools and stuff, and he, and he asked me, he's like, "You want a you want a baby coon?" I said, what? The baby coon, it, it's over there. You got to feed it with a bottle. I said, nah, we, no. And then he kept talking. He said, uh, yeah, well, I found her over there, and it's hurt. And I didn't hear this next part, but it was, no, we're going to kill it. So I don't know if he said he was going to fucking kill it, but I, I don't know. I said, nah, we got dogs and cats. Thanks, though. And then I shut the door. And to be honest, I thought the dude might have been, like, stealing some shit from us because that that's happened before. Sometimes people, like, will knock on your door to see if you're there before they rob you. I mean, it's smart, I guess. So I, I went and ran to the garage to see if he was in there, if anything had been taken. I couldn't tell, so I just shut it and went on with my day. But that was weird, man. I've never been offered a baby raccoon before. One time we walked out there, and there were three baby raccoons on our porch. They were very adorable, but I don't think we could take care of that kind of thing. Dixie'd probably fucking eat it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you guys know they have gas, or they still have, like, gas station attendees in New Jersey? Like, if you pull up and, and honk, someone would come out and gas your car up for you? That sounds really fucking lazy, dude. I, I, I would imagine that's the first job we get rid of when we're cutting down on shit, but... I, I, I thought about it the other day about all these rising gas prices, how awkward that is. Like if, if they know you, right, you get, you're, the, you're a regular to that gas station, go up every day. Yeah, bro, fill it up, man. Fill it up. Premium. Fill it up all the way. Like, gotcha, boss. And then all these gas prices are going up. One day you show up, the gas station clerk comes up to you. 
fill her up premium just like usual you got to take a hit to your pride and say nah unleaded this time unleaded put 20 on it <laughs> just how awkward that might be man i would want to keep that to myself that's an unnecessary interaction right there um i got into this man i got in this rabbit hole of michael jackson's drummer this week jonathan sugarfoot moffitt man he is so badass I, I could just tell by his demeanor when he was sitting at the drum set that's so fucking cool he, he his setup is awesome too man he's got these two symbols behind him all right he's got everything going on in front of him all the drums and like 10 different symbols in front of him but behind him he's got one symbol on either side of him with like a, an arched over arm and he's got him in the perfect position so that he doesn't even have to look when he's playing he just fucking swings his arms back and hits him but the cool shit okay the cool shit is when he does that and then grabs him right after with the same hands to silence him I can't even I can't even fathom how many years it must have took to get used to that how many times he missed that shit and it's like fuck Damn it. Or scootered it over, adjusted it, or some shit. But finally he got it, man. But that shit is so fucking cool. And I oh, I ended up watching like a whole 40-minute lesson with him. And I don't even remember what he taught. But I remember watching him play all those old Michael Jackson songs. Beat it. Um, Gotta be starting something. Got to be starting something. Too high to get over. Yeah, yeah. Too low to get under. Stuck in the middle. Sorry, Michael Jackson's good. I don't care if you touch those kids or not, man. His music is good, and it's in my brain. So regardless of the outcome of that, I'm still listening to him. I'm I'm sorry if you're offended by that. But uh, some of the things that Jonathan Sugarfoot Moffat was talking about was um, like expression, individualism, kind of doing your own stuff on the drums, uh, a lot of positive stuff. It was actually really nice to hear him talk. Uh, just uh, a cool dude. I don't know. If you're into shit like that, you should look him up. He d he did a really cool solo on, I think it was got to be starting something. It's all on Drumeo's YouTube channels if you're interested, but seemed like a cool dude. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. La well, not last thing, almost. Listen to the Broken Record podcast this week, which... um was really good. I'm glad I found out about it. I didn't know about it. It was um, Rick Rubin. It's his podcast, dude. And you, if you don't know about Rick Rubin, I've done an episode talking about him a little bit. But he's one of the greatest producers of all time, just in any genre of music. I mean, he has touched, he has touched on uh, System of a Down. I, I want to say Red Hot Chili Peppers. He he worked with Eminem a little bit. He's worked with everybody pretty much. He, he has a lot of conversations. He, he has episodes with, um, he has a YouTube interview with Kendrick Lamar. He's got, he's done Jaden Smith. He has um, an Andre 3000 one that I'm going to listen to. And so I was really happy when I found this podcast. And then I went to the, you know, search through episodes to see if there was anybody that I recognized. And I saw one with Rick Rubin interviewing Serge Tankian. That was such a good episode. It, Serge Tankian is the lead guy in um, System of a Down. Well, that depends who you ask. Fucking um, Danny Malakian might disagree, but <laughs> in my opinion, he's the lead man for System of a Down. And he, also his solo stuff is great whenever they split up. But he, it was so cool to hear him talk to Rick because they're they're good friends. They worked together on stuff before. And Serge is nothing like I would have thought he would be. I mean, listening to his music and everything, I would have thought that he would be a lot more um, 
eccentric and out there and wild, but no, this dude was very, very nice and uh, polite and very, uh, like, held together. What's the, like, organized and, you know, anytime Rick said something nice about him, he was right back at him with, well, but that's because you did this, like, returning the compliments and everything, just so calm and humble and down to earth and really nice not that I expected him to be a douchebag asshole but I expected a, a more I don't want to say more energy because that makes it sound like he was he was super in, uh, invested in the conversation and everything I expected a little bit more over the topness than than it was but I'm not complaining at all he sounded like a great guy it was cool listening to hear about his um his influences and why he became an activist in the first place he was actually born in I want to say Lebanon and they had um there were bombs like dropping outside of his house because of the Al- Albanian civil war I want to say when he was like 7 or 8 and then he ended up moving to the US but he said after that shit going on how could how could I not be an activist which I, I definitely understood uh, definitely just just a cool guy cool interview and then I listened to some more on there from um Rick Rubin didn't interview them, which I was kind of upset about. It was another guy who I don't care about. But it was interviews with uh, Black Pumas, which is Adrian Quesada and Eric Burton. Cool dudes, down, down to earth. It was cool getting to hear how they met, how that whole collab happened, which was it was really just like a friend of a friend introduced them. Way more simple than, you, you know, it could have been. Uh, how they're based in Austin and how um, all the production came together, how Eric wrote most of the songs, what they're based on, a lot of cool stuff. And then uh, I watched one with, or I listened to one with Ben Folds, who, if you don't know who that is, apparently he was in like a Ben Folds 5. That was the name of his band. I don't know him from that. The only way I knew him was he did the Over the Hedge soundtrack, the uh, How Great I Am gotta tell myself yeah i'm the man or now i've got my family of me good songs really sad kind of introspective songs but good songs for like a disney pixar movie soundtrack so i saw that and i'm like ben fucking falls i want to hear that apparently he used to be like a big um rebel and shit like he would he he broke a piano of of, of like the a, a late night show host or some shit some that he was on. He threw a stool at it and broke it, and it ruined his deal with Steinway, the piano company. They they fucking canned him after that. So that's kind of funny. But I had no idea he had this whole past to him. And he's also a percussionist. Like he talked about all, all, like a rudiments and a couple of key things that only. You would only know if you're really knowledgeable about that and into it. So that was cool to learn. And, um, yeah. And the, oh, the, the last one I listened to, okay, I'm almost done. The last one I listened to was Rick, Rick Rubin interviewing Kenny Beats, uh, who is a producer who I, w- I wouldn't say up and coming anymore. Maybe in 2018, 2017. He's def- definitely established by now. He's working with a lot of people. And he makes a lot of different sounds, a lot of different beats. He's not... He's definitely not pigeonholed into any one corner. And he kind of talked about that, and he um, not dedicated that. He attributed it, it to uh, being knowledgeable about all these different areas of the 
all these different sounds that come from different areas in the U.S. Like Atlanta has their own style. Memphis has, you know, 3-6 Mafia, their own style. East Coast, West Coast, all that shit. He talked about, like, the regional differences and how they come together to make a certain style of music. Um, why it matters that you should make a certain style of music. Like, how if he's going... If he's going to go in the booth with someone who's from this place, he'll kind of try to study up on that place and the music that comes from there so that he can make a beat for that person that they'll like and that will kind of sound in, in the right uh, region for them. Really cool because I, I love that attention to detail and everything. And he every every time he played or he talked about a different genre or he brought up a different example, Rick asked him to play a song that kind of show, showcased that. I really like that really appreciated that because um, you know some of the terms you don't know and then you can finally put a sound to a name you can finally label it so that was really really cool uh, picked up on a lot of songs in there and then the next episode he did like there was it was a two-part the next interview he did with Kenny Beats was um, not so much about the sound within the US but uh, the international side of it how diffusion of sounds um, changes shit diffusion being going from one place to another uh, the example he used was Drill. Drill started in Chicago with Chief Keef and all of them in like 2012. And then it went across the seas to, to the UK. And it's become like the biggest genre of music over there. Uh, Dave, Stormzy, Heady One, Diggity, uh, anybody, bro. Just great fucking music. But it started over here and it went over there. And now it's uh, came back over here. In, in like the UK drill form. They, they took Chicago drill, made their own shit with it, UK drill. And now people over here are starting to do UK drill, but like take out the fucking accents and shit, you know? So it's, it's just cool how that traveled back and forth. And that's one of the, um, at least this generation's example of that, like that happening. I, I can't think of anything else that that's um, necessarily happened for in, in, in today. That's so obvious. And, you know, you can point out where it happened and when. And um, Kenny's really knowledgeable about all that shit, so it was really fun to listen to. He's also just a cool guy. So check that out, Broken Record Podcast. Rick Rubin's just super pop, uh, not popular, super positive and nice to listen to hear. It's nice to listen to hear him say shit. Um, so yeah, check that out. And then finally, I listened to the Beatles this week. I think the Beatles are great, okay? I don't care what you think, because apparently... A lot of people think the Beatles are overrated, okay? And I don't understand that at all. You, you know what I think the issue is? The issue is you built it up way too much in your mind. See, like, listening to a new album, something that you've never heard before, it's kind of like picking something up off the floor and eating it. <laughs> if you reach down and, and, you, and you grab that little piece of whatever, and you're thinking it's a chocolate chip, and you eat it, and it's not a fucking chocolate chip, you're going to be pretty fucking upset versus, you know, you pick it up, think, I don't know what this is. You eat it, and it's like a piece of dirt or, or um, what's brown and not that bad. I don't know. It's like a chocolate chip or some shit. What I'm getting at is I think people built it up way too much in their mind because they hear the Beatles' name everywhere. They always hear about the Beatles. They see that Abbey Road vinyl at fucking every thrift store everywhere and so they think man this is gonna be the end all be all greatest music i'm ever gonna listen to and they listen to it and they hear the old production because it's from the fucking 1960s and 70s 
they hear that old shit. They hear how fucking soft it is and how smooth it is. And like, man, this is fucking dog shit. What is this? That's because you thought it was going to be a chocolate chip. And it was a fucking rabbit turd, okay? What you got to do is just grab it and take a bite and not think about anything. Not expect anything. No expectations. (sighs) Someone just asked me, bro, can I give you some bud for free? In exchange for a review and you becoming a potential custo, working on a strain of mine. No. I'll take the free bud, bro, but I'm not finna buy anything after. I've got my hookup, man. I hate that shit. This dude, I... Whatever. I'm not gonna talk shit. Well, no, I'm gonna talk shit. I asked him if he wanted to do a podcast. He's got a company or whatever. He's like, yeah, bro, we'll do that. We'll do that. So I said, all right, you free this weekend? I'm free, da-da-da-da-da. And he said, all right, I'll let you know, I'll let you know. And that's when I knew right then that we weren't doing that shit. And he hasn't hit me up since then, hasn't talked since then, and now fucking selling some shit. Guess what? Hitting my line. That's how shit is, though. Anyway, back to the Beatles. The Beatles I really like, all right? And I'll tell you why. I I, I think how laid back they are is great, but they also have like a, a mode to where they can fucking really kick it on. Um, damn, was it on Rubber Vocals or Revolver? I gotta find it real quick. Rubber Soul or Revolver. I think it was Rubber Soul. Talking about, um, the vocalist of the Beatles, who I believe is Paul McCartney. I will look it up. What the fuck? Adblock, what are you doing? Vocalist. Beatles. Uh... Oh, yeah, John Lennon, Paul McCartney's. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure who it is, but I really like that most of the time it's um, pretty laid back and soft. He's just kind of singing, but then he can really add in like that. Ah! Uh, it's it's You're not the same, bro. What what the fuck? Here, I'm going to pause it and find the song. We're, one second. Sorry, it's also fucking 80 degrees in here, so I've been sweating my ass off, and that's kind of affecting my thought process. But we got the AC turned on now. Uh, I found the song. It's I'm looking through you. You hear how it's kind of you know laid back, singing, singing. And then he turns it on. Yeah. Keeps that in the whole time, and then the end. You're not the same. And then um, another song, Yellow Submarine. I feel like the, everyone's heard of that, even if you haven't heard it. It's very sing-songy, very, um, like, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, fucking, like, Mother Goose and shit. God damn it. Uh, not fairy tales. Nursery rhyme. It's very nursery rhyme-ish. But there's enough going on with, like, samples and and solos and stuff like that that it's still interesting i really like that there, there's a little bit of uh, sampling and stuff and also how they're the um, like the if, if you listen to this with headphones on it'll be split between the ears like sometimes the the, the um, i guess paul mccartney will be singing in one ear like his he'll be singing the the chorus or the words or whatever and the other ear will be like <laughs> 
ha ha or la 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 and, and it's just cool how it mixes there's always some cool guitar parts going on cool bass stuff um yeah i just think I, I really just think people should give the beatles a fair chance and um i haven't put an ad yet can't think of anything funny so yeah anchor 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 before i fucking forget uh, <laughs> it's a little late or whatever also in the drums too i'm pretty sure the drummer is ringo ringo star i think i'm not looking that one up but uh he he's pretty relaxed and in the background for the most part like as far as his drumming he doesn't do anything too flashy but when he gets his chance man he'll he'll roll all the way fucking down the drums and it sounds clean and it's fast and he fits it in that small space that he was just doing like small shit in it's it's nice man it's like they're all really good but they're holding back for most of the time and then there are these key moments where like all right it's time to turn it on and another thing i like about the beatles is they're they sound pretty similar to um early pink floyd uh they had some some of the same producers on their albums, which I think is why, and also because the same time period, same place, the United Kingdom, the really good shit. Fucking the only difference is uh, Pink Floyd has more abstract songs, I think, the just stupider concepts like about his bike or um, uh, Corporal Clegg, <laughs> that shit, just funny off the wall concepts. Whereas the Beatles, it's more. Um, well, I would I would guess just based on these last two albums I listened to, half of their discography is just love songs, which I don't mind too much. They they do a, a couple of different perspectives on them, like uh, the the guy that's too good for this girl, or uh, the girl that lost love for the guy. Uh, not just you know I love you, I love you, I want to be with you, but there's plenty of that too. I, like I said, I don't mind any of that. I'm, I'm always down for a good love song. Um, and, and their lyrics are always pretty, pretty on point. It's kind of funny. Uh, Taxman was the first song I list I had heard from them because I listened to Revolver. Joey Diaz told me to listen to it. His fucking Church of What's Happening Now, one of my favorite podcasts. He's, um, super positive, super funny, super unexpected. The shit Joey Diaz says, like, you, you can't guess it. He'll say cocksucker, motherfucker. Uh, talk about pussies and getting farted in your face. Uh, the, the, the funny contrast is he's super vulgar and, um, funny and shit. And then he, he always does the podcast with, uh, Lee Syatt, who's also really funny, but he's a lot more soft-spoken and reserved. So there's this ongoing joke for the last however many episodes that Joey's going to take Lee down to the strip club and get, get this black hooker to fart in his face because you got to have you got to have fart in face cocksucker. You can't not, you know, smells like gunpowder, you know, this is some crazy shit like, bro, I don't you know, I'm all for trying shit, but I don't think I want a bitch to fart in my face either, man, but that that's what's funny about it. He's super off the wall. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about Revolver and how that was um, like really changed shit for the Beatles or something. So I listened to it. It was really good. Um, oh, didn't mean to, didn't mean to play that. But yeah, it's all it's all good, man. I'm only sleeping. I like this one. How do you not like that, dude? That's so laid back. That's so relaxed also Eleanor Rigby I didn't know that was a the Beatles song 
That's originally their song, and Black Pumas covered it. Black Pumas cover is so good, man. I like it more than the original, I think. But listening to the Beatles one gave me a, a new appreciation for it. If you listen to Eleanor Rigby here, I'll play a little bit. You hear like the strings in the back, the violin gives it like a theatrical feeling, and then if uh, that that like reinforces what I hear in, in the in the Black Pumas Eleanor Rigby. It, it's got like all these um, vocal samples that kind of make it more um, theatrical. It's just a different a different um, method to it, but it still gets the same thing done. Let me skip to. organ in the background but how they have the all the vocals like echoing him that that and in my mind that's how they took that and made it theatrical but i really like that about that song also listen to more sade that's always nice and i found that listening to sade i mean even though she's a great singer and i love her voice i look forward to the instrumentation almost more than i do her i mean the composition is just always so nice some nice jazz going on just great shit um yeah, but that that's all I got for this week. Not too much going on. Um, I got a banana split with Cullen. He'd never had one before, so I took him to Brahms, and uh, he liked it, you know? Not <laughs> not, that, not that that's a big fucking surprise. I don't think you'd try your banana split for the first time expecting to dislike it, but no, it was really good. It was a good time. Um, I hope you get a banana split sometime this week. That shit's good. It it had a... Uh, I had one a couple weeks ago, but before then, it had been a long-ass time since I had one, and that is quite a treat, let me tell you. So go treat yourself this weekend. Get a banana split and listen to The Church of What's Happening Now because that's a good-ass podcast, bro, trying to put y'all on. He's a really positive dude, always uh, encouraging you. Like Mondays, every every episode on his Monday, he talks about this is your chance, bro. Start something new. You can change your life right now. Just do it. And having that kind of reinforcement, hearing that every week or every time I get to another Monday episode, that does something for me. I don't know. That's all I'm going to leave it at. But you should listen to that, and you should have yourself a great week. All right? Y'all take it easy. Stay safe. And uh, don't be a cunt. (laughs) Rack your fucking weights, okay? Later.